Welcome to the Young and Ambitious Podcast, a podcast for ambitious young people who want to master their mindset, launch a business, and make their dream life. I'm your host, Nika Molini. I am the positivity boss and Gen Z's personal growth coach. I help young people get clear on their goals and design a life they love through working on their mindset and implementing successful personal growth strategies. Let's get right into it. So today we have an awesome guest with us here, Brock Johnson from Unwrap Stories, and we're going to talk about his journey creating his business and his own personal growth journey as well. So welcome, Brock. Hi, yeah, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, Like you said, my name is Brock Johnson. I'm a 21-year-old college student athlete, and I have a passion for helping others create connections and grow their brands using short-form video Really, what does that mean? It's Snapchat and Instagram stories. That's my primary focus. I've also been a podcaster for a little over a year now. I started out on a solo podcast that I hosted myself called Social Media Money Makers. And now I am the co-host of a much larger podcast called the Build Your Tribe podcast. I also have multiple online courses and I've been an online entrepreneur for a little over two years now. And I absolutely love it. Grew up in Southern California. Both my parents were entrepreneurs, and I'm just super, super duper uh, fired up to be here today. So thank you for having me. Thanks so much for being here. So you kind of start to introduce your entrepreneurial history. So why don't we get into that? So where did your entrepreneurial journey begin? Yeah, so I was thinking about this question, and really, I guess technically it began at birth. Both of my parents uh, have been entrepreneurs my entire life. So I grew up not only knowing what entrepreneurship was, but also seeing firsthand the pros and the cons, the benefits and the freedom that it can provide, but also the struggles and the hardships that can come from it. My parents have owned and sold multiple businesses. They still own multiple businesses and they follow their passions and do what they love. But I I was able to see really what drew me to entrepreneurship was I was able to see the freedom Uh, that it provided their life, both the freedom to, you know, take their kids to school every day and be home when we got home from school and take us to practice and be at all of our sporting events and, and stuff like that. But also the freedom to do what they wanted to follow their passions and to follow their interests and whatever excited them. So from a young age, I was really inspired by that freedom that entrepreneurship provided. And so from a young age, from about the age of eight years old, I started dabbling in entrepreneurship. So when I was eight years old, I started a company where I call it a company, but basically I would uh, tie shoelaces in different unique patterns and ways uh, for my different classmates. And I would charge them a certain amount. And actually with that business, I, I went around to some local malls and local businesses and advertised there. And so that was really my first uh, taste in like marketing or advertising. From there, I had multiple businesses that lasted, you know, maybe a few months at a time as I was growing up um, and I call them businesses, but really they were, they were just short little attempts of something I was passionate about, something that I could make some money off of. Uh, but my first real legitimate business began when I first entered college and it began as a way uh, to be financially independent. I felt a burden, um, uh, almost a guilt almost of growing up uh, with parents who were very comfortable and they, and they gave my sister and I so much and I got to college and I was away from them for the first time and I wanted to start providing for myself. So from that and from my passion for entrepreneurship came Unwrap Stories, which originally was a way to teach parents how to keep their kids safe on Snapchat that eventually turned into a way to teach 
small business owners how to market using Snapchat. And now with the invention of Instagram stories and Facebook stories and seemingly every story is on every platform, uh, I've transitioned and now I teach small business owners, small entrepreneurs how to grow their business and their brand using stories. That is awesome. And it's so funny how the skills that we kind of learn as young people growing up, like how to use Snapchat ends up being this like big business asset later on. So that's awesome. So the next question is, you know, a lot of other college students, they look at college as a time to party. Maybe they're just really focused on their studies or they're not really thinking about being too entrepreneurial. So was it kind of difficult for you to go against um, the stereotype of college students and really just start your own thing? Or was it something that the people around you were also doing as well? Yeah, well, I would say it was definitely difficult at first. And it definitely still has its times where it's more difficult or more challenging than if I wasn't an entrepreneur. Um, but I definitely, I wasn't surrounded by people definitely when I first started my business, uh, not only with people who were entrepreneurial, I wasn't surrounded with people who even supported what I was doing. So really the first thing I had to do was look at my group of friends and think, well, if this group of quote unquote friends is putting me down, m- making fun of me, or just straight up not, not supporting what I'm doing, whether that's, uh, you know, just little jokes or whatever, or just not supporting me and my business and always wanting me to do other things and forget about my business. And I had to look at that group of friends and say, is this really the group of friends for me? And so luckily, fortunately, um, I also transferred schools and this was for football reasons, but I transferred schools and at my new school, I found an amazing group of friends who totally supports what I'm doing and is totally, um, is, is they, they, they support me in every way. They ask me questions. They listen to my podcast. They, they, talk to me and ask me questions about whatever I'm doing on, on social media or on the podcast or on different channels like that. Uh, so they support me. So definitely what one thing that made it easier for me was finding a supportive group of friends, but it was difficult at first. And one thing that I had to keep in mind was I had to focus on who I was serving rather than who my group of friends were in the long term, I knew that I was going to be serving people. I knew that I wanted to help people on a much broader scale and that was much more long term than my three or four friends who I might see on a daily basis. So priority wise, I also had to put those other people who I was going to be serving first. And I had to think priority wise, what, what makes me happy? What, what, um, what's my purpose? What's my end goal? And I knew that my end goal wasn't to party and, and get a 4.0 and, and do all the things that most people focus on in college. I knew that by the time I graduated college, I wanted to be totally financially independent And I wanted to be able to start a career and move right into the professional world, the adult life after college. And I think definitely there's been some learning curves there. And there have been times where I've learned to, you know, let go a little bit and and move away from my business. But uh, I think it definitely, it always just comes back to priorities and, and what matters most to you. Because some people might look at entrepreneurship and say, yeah, that sounds awesome. And uh, you know, but how, how do I balance entrepreneurship with partying? Well, what brings you more happiness? Do you want to be an entrepreneur just because you want to make some money or do you want to be an entrepreneur because you feel that you have a purpose or a plan or, or a people you want to help or, or a goal uh, that you're ultimately striving towards? Because if it's just money, then you're always going to feel pulled back to, you know, Oh, well, you know, I, I should probably be studying right now or, Oh, it's Saturday night. I might as well go with my friends. But if you have that plan and that purpose and, that, and then your priorities set, it's much easier to uh, 
basically balance your time and, and decide what you're going to be doing on a daily basis. Right. I definitely agree. And I think what you said about friends is so important because I think a lot of people have all this fear, you know, that other people are going to judge them, that their friends are making fun of what they're doing, like you were saying, or just not being supportive. Like mm -hmm. what type of advice would you give someone that's dealing with that while they're thinking of starting their own business? Yeah, well, I, I typically would say just, just focus on yourself. Focus on yourself. And, and again, going back to what I said before, is just focus on yourself and then focus on who you're serving because those who matter don't mind and those who mind don't matter. Um, so focus on who you're serving and, and how much you're going to be helping the world and society or your community that you're going to be building. And uh, I think that's so much more important than the two or three negative voices that you may hear in your life. Right. So getting more into the difficulties and the fears and limitations, what would you say were some of the fears and limitations you faced when you were first starting to become an entrepreneur and really like stepping into the best version of yourself so that you could be the best entrepreneur you could be? Mm -hmm. I think that the limitations, and I think this is a limitation that everyone has to a different extent, was time and money. And so that's become a, a big part of what I teach and what I try to help entrepreneurs with is that I try to just be an example of that you can make it, you can, you can become an entrepreneur, you can have a successful business, even with a limited time and a small budget. I mean, when I started out, I had not a ton of money saved up in my bank account. I started my business prime hundred percent um, with my own funding. Uh, so I think limited time, you know, we're all college students. We're all young. We all have, no matter who we are, we all have limited time and reasons why, why our time is, is uh, valuable and eaten up by, by other things. And then I think I have even less time than the average college student because I'm a student athlete. So full time I have practices and meetings and weights and lifting and film and all these different things that, that eat up uh, even more of my time. So I really uh, had a very limited amount of time and free time that I had on a daily basis. And then also limited money. As college students, most of us don't have ginormous bank accounts. And I started my business 100% on my own funds. Um, so it, it was definitely a limitation in terms of financially, what I could afford, uh, and what I couldn't afford. But I think again, it just goes back to priorities. And how do you prioritize your time? And how are you spending your time and your money? Are you spending wisely? Are you spending with your entrepreneurial goals in per in, um, in your mind? Or are you just spending it the way a normal college student was? Because if you want to be unique and you want to be different than a normal college student is uh, and become an entrepreneur, then the way you spend your time and the way you spend your money um, are going to have to change and reflect the, your goals accordingly. Um, so I think limited time and limited money uh, were definitely limitations for me, but it just came back to, I would ask myself, how am I spending my time and how am I spending my money? Right. And what about fear? Like at any point did you have fear about whether or not it would work out, whether or not you're wasting your time putting these really long hours in, like how did you overcome the fears that kind of kept crept in your mind when you were starting out? Absolutely. So I have kind of grown up without the fear of, of really will my business fail or a fear of putting myself out there on social media per se, but there was definitely a fear of what if I am wasting my time? What if what if there are better ways to, to spend my college experience rather than uh, trying to grow a business 
And early on in my entrepreneurship, early on when I was running my business, I do feel that I spent probably too much time uh, focused on my business and not enough time focused on myself or on relaxing or on being with my friends or, or being a college student. Um, and so I think it, it shifted for me about a year in. So about a year ago, it, it, there was a big shift. Um, and I'm not sure exactly what caused it, but there was a shift that took place where I just learned to balance, learned to um, really accept that there are going to be Saturday nights where I'm not going to go out, where I'm going to stay in and I'm going to work on my business. But then there might be a Saturday night the next weekend where I'm going to go out with my friends and I'm going to enjoy myself. And it's okay to have both happen. And neither one of them means that you're a better person or a worse person or a better entrepreneur or a worse entrepreneur. Ultimately, what it always comes back to for me is where am I finding happiness and where am I finding my joy? And I know that as an extrovert, uh, I get a lot of joy and a lot of energy from being around friends. So especially being at this new university with uh, this new super supportive group of friends, I can find joy one night staying in, working hard on business, finishing 50 videos and uh, 20 podcast episodes. And then I can have just as much fun going out with my friends, going out to a dinner, going out to a party, whatever it may be the next night. So I think uh, keeping, keeping your purpose, then keeping your joy and your happiness um, in mind and as a priority is a, a great way to kind of get over that fear. 50 videos is insane. <laughs> <laughs> the, the most I can like batch create is maybe like five. So that, that's amazing. Um, so you were talking about how you never really had a fear of kind of putting yourself out there online, which I think is really awesome. And I think that could be something that a lot of people struggle with, you know, in terms of being really authentic online, because I don't know, I feel like people our age especially have this idea of how they should present themselves online, like on their Instagram posts and on Facebook or whatever. And it, it stops a lot of people from really being authentic. So what, what do you think about that? And how do you think people can show up more authentically? Absolutely. I think authenticity and being true and open and honest and vulnerable is huge on social media, whether you're on YouTube or Snapchat or podcast or Instagram or Facebook, wherever you are, that's absolutely huge because I think it's absolutely true that, uh, you know, we feel definitely in this generation and, and in our age group that there is a certain way you have to present yourself in a certain way you have to act. But with that, I think we also have an extremely high BS meter. I think that uh, we are very quick to tell when someone is fake and someone is putting up um, a false narrative of themselves online. Uh, so there is a little bit of a dichotomy there. But, um, you know, as I said before, I've never really had a fear of putting myself out there. With that being said, the openness and the vulnerability that I've achieved on my Instagram or Snapchat today is definitely much deeper and much more personal than it was when I first started. So I will say a few things. First of all, it's a journey and it becomes easier with time. So the more you practice uh, sharing yourself and opening up on social media, the easier it becomes and the more natural it becomes and actually the more rewarding and fulfilling it will feel uh, to be that open and honest on, on your social accounts. Um, but it's definitely a challenge at first. And so a few things that I would say is that, first of all, you shouldn't be scared of judgment because judgment in itself is rare. We think that, you know, the internet is filled with, with haters. And I, I was listening to a podcast the other day where someone was saying that, you know, everyone says my haters are my motivators and, and you know, that my, my, my newborn baby has haters since the day he was born. <laughs> and, 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 and if you think about it, 
most of us don't have that many people who are haters. Most of us don't have hundreds, thousands. Most of us couldn't probably even name 10 people who legitimately hate on us and are vocally against us and judgmental of us on a daily basis. Most people are much more focused on themselves than what you're doing. We're all very subjective humans. When we're watching videos on on YouTube, we're thinking way more about how does my hair look than how does the hair look of the person whose YouTube video we're watching. So people are always much more uh, critical and harsh on themselves. So that's something to keep in mind is that most people aren't going to be as critical or as judgmental of you as you may be of yourself. So I think uh, to begin sharing, that's something to keep in mind. It gets easier with time. And then just a simple tip to get yourself kind of rolling on this on this train of document of this train of, uh, of, uh, sharing, sharing who you are authentically online is just start by documenting your day. So whether it's on Instagram stories or Facebook stories or YouTube or podcast or Snapchat, wherever, whatever social platform you're on, just start by documenting your day, sharing what you're doing on a daily basis. And slowly you'll begin sharing more emotion. You'll begin sharing with people a little bit more of what makes you, you, and they'll be able to connect with you on a much deeper level. And it's kind of a snowball effect from there. You'll begin opening up more and sharing more, just like you would in, in any other relationship. I think what you said about haters is so funny because <laughs> like, I think we just make up the fact that we have all these haters in our head. And oh, as yeah. you said, it's, it's definitely not real, but it still almost motivates us, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. It's like we tell, we tell ourselves that haters motivate us. So I think that's really funny. Um, but also touching on that, something that comes to mind when you say that people are really focused on themselves. Um, how do you make people care about your own content then? Or, or wouldn't that kind of make you think, why would someone care about me documenting my day when they're mostly focused on themselves? Like, what would you say to that? Absolutely. And I love this question. What I think is super, super important is storytelling. No matter what platform you're on, storytelling is extremely important. And when I say that, most people are going to think, okay, so I need to have these awesome, amazing killer stories that are super broad and generic so that they can apply to a ton of people and a ton of people can relate. And in fact, the opposite is probably true. The more you can personalize your story and the more different stories you can tell that show who you are authentically, the more people will connect with you. Because when we're listening to stories as human beings, mirror neurons are firing in our brain. Not to get too scientific on you, mirror neurons are firing in our brain. So when you're listening to me tell a story, you're not picturing me in the story. You're picturing yourself in that story. So by adding more details and more specificity to your stories, it allows the people who are listening and consuming your content to better visualize themselves in the story and thus better relate to you as the storyteller. So share more personal details about yourself. It sounds contradictory, but the more personal you can get, the more people will relate. Right, that's so true. And that, that comes with being authentic and vulnerable and everything as well. So Absolutely. I love, that. love that tip. Great, well, we're wrapping up our questions here. Um, the last big question I have for you is, what type of advice would you give your younger self? You know, we have a lot of listeners here who might be finishing high school or early on in university. So if you were 18 again, what type of advice would you give yourself? I would say, first of all, I would encourage myself to just start 
one of my favorite authors, Anne Lamont, has a quote called, uh, she says, to write shitty first drafts. And the idea here is to just put something out there and just start. Get your ideas down on paper and just start. Whatever business idea you have, I, I talk to so many people who have ideas for apps and businesses and different, different ventures and ideas and startups. Just start. Don't worry about making it perfect. Don't, making a, don't worry about, you know, oh, I need a certain amount of followers before I start. Or, oh, I need my website to look X, Y, and Z. I need, my, I need my socials to look perfect. Just start. Start messy and start somewhere. And then in terms of tactical, practical advice that I would give to my 18-year-old self is to hire help sooner. As an entrepreneur, we often think, oh, I have to do this by myself. It's all about me. The more, the more help that I hire, the less of my personal touch will be on it. And maybe I can't afford it. That's a, that's a very common thought is I, I just can't afford it. But what I found is that the more help I've hired, the more money I've made, the more freedom I've had, and the more I've been able to serve people and do what I love to do creatively. I've been able to focus on my strengths and hire, whether it be consultants or assistants or, or short-term staff or even long-term staff to help me with uh, tasks that either don't bring me joy on a daily basis but still need to be done or just tasks that I find myself repetitively doing. So I know it's, it's, a, big, it's a big topic and it's scary, but the sooner you can hire help, the better. Right. And just on that note, like, what would you say to someone who says they don't have the money to hire help right now? First of all, you'd be extremely surprised about how inexpensive it is to, to hire help. Um, it's, there's lots of different options online, whether it be a virtual assistant, someone who doesn't have to come in and work for you, you know, in a cubicle every day, just someone who can work for you digitally over the internet. There's so many different options. Uh, they're so much cheaper than you would ever imagine. And what I saw was in the first week of hiring my virtual assistant, my first ever virtual team member, in the first week uh, that she had been brought on board my team, my sales in that one week matched what they had done in the three months prior. And that, was, that wasn't because she was this amazing advertiser. In fact, she didn't do any advertising for me. She was mostly doing back-end uh, tasks that I was doing on a daily basis. So, I mean, we go back to limited time, I was spending a lot of my time on these tasks that were repetitive and didn't require much creativity or much of my personal touch. And once she took over those tasks, it freed me up uh, to do a lot more bigger picture things. And, and like I said, my, my sales in one week matched what they were in the three months prior. So instantly, my virtual assistant uh, more than paid for herself and she's continued. Um, I've been working with her for over a year now and, and my sales continue to increase and she's continued to pay for herself on a weekly basis. That's amazing. I'm actually looking at hiring people right now for the Positivity Boss. So <laughs> this is really good timing. It, it really it's encourages me huge. to yep. go and do that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for all of the awesome insights you shared with us. Do you have anything else you want to say? Um, no, I don't. Just thank, thank you so much for, uh, for having me on the show today. I really, really appreciate it. I had a lot of fun. Um, and if anyone wants to connect with me, uh, my socials are Brock 11 Johnson. That's Brock 11 Johnson. And, and I'd love to hear uh, what anyone thought about this episode of the Young and Ambitious podcast because I absolutely love being here. So thank you very much. Awesome. Thank you so much, Brock. And yeah, if you are listening, make sure to take a screenshot, tag both me and Brock on Instagram. So his is Brock 11 Johnson and I'm at Nico Moini and at The Positivity Boss. 
So thank you so much for being here and stay tuned next Sunday for our next episode. Bye.